Hello friends, it's me, Blair W. Cohen, your host of the Pop Cult Review, where we analyze popular culture from the past and the present and its impact. Today we're going to be talking about Olivia Rodrigo, the impact of TikTok on uh, on artist notoriety, and an actual review of her critically acclaimed album, Sour. Uh, I'm actually really excited for this. I've actually put off listening to most of um, Olivia's uh, music in general just because I knew I wanted to record this and I wanted to give a genuine uh, review, like a fresh review that um, from someone who isn't necessarily her target audience. Um, and I say that as I am a woman who is about to turn 30, I'm black and I don't, you know, I, I feel like I've bypassed whatever this, uh, how do I say it? I feel like I have, I, I've outgrown that demographic, right? Like I used to be a part of this demographic a long time ago. <laughs> well, not a long time ago, but even just like a few years ago. But I do see that the way, I do see the way that, uh, you know, people are gravitating towards her. And I feel like it's important. Is she going to be someone who, has just this like crazy uh shift in cultural impact on pop music in general maybe else i'm talking about is also mixed up in this equation so let's get into olivia and where she came from how it kind of felt like she fell out of the sky for a lot of us as far as just releasing this song and um it feeling like it came out of nowhere, but I know for a lot of people who are maybe under the age of like, uh, maybe 25 or maybe 20 are just aware of who she is and probably were expecting (laughs) this to happen. So, okay. Olivia Rodrigo is an 18 year old girl, uh, from California. She is an American singer and most notably, she is known for playing Paige on Bizarre Vark on Disney Channel. And also, uh, I hope I'm saying this right, Nini on High School Musical, the musical, the series on Disney+. Plus. So for those of you who are <laughs> maybe aged out of that demographic like I am, or you're just not, I mean, honestly, if you're not a white woman, right now maybe you don't know that information uh I didn't know that she was on the high school musical show um that was let me let's let's talk about how I came across Olivia Rodrigo so I remember I was literally just kind of sitting on YouTube and uh it was last year last year which would be 2020 um at the time of recording this and I remember uh getting a suggested video about (laughs) Olivia Rodrigo and just it was almost like it was almost the video itself was presented as a story time type of video where or a drama channel video if you will like very much giving makeup beauty guru drama uh and that was how it was presented it basically broke down every single aspect as to how she came up with the song driver's license which i'm going to get into in just a second and i had never heard the song 
I had never heard this song. And I was like, what is this? I don't even know why I watched it. I was just like, what is this? And then after I watched it, I was like, okay, I have all this information about her, um, about Sabrina Carpenter, and uh, about this other boy that's in High School Musical that I his name is lost on me right now. Um, he's really irrelevant, I feel like, to everything we're going to be talking about today, besides the fact that he's a boy that um, Olivia wrote about breaking her heart. So I don't really want to give him that much shine because I don't know who he is. And frankly, I probably will never watch High School Musical, the musical, the series, <laughs> um, just because I just don't feel like it's my alley. I feel like I had my High School Musical day. I was 14 when the original High School Musical came out. I lived that life. I'm not going back. But so I remember that happened and I was like, OK, I have this information now. What? And I just kind of pushed it to the back of my mind. And I believe the only reason I really even watched the video is because I did know who Sabrina Carpenter was because I had watched Girl Meets World. Um, I'll be honest, I don't know what else Sabrina is in. I'm sure that she's in a lot and plenty and very notable to her demographic. But to me, she was um, playing the uh, Sean Hunter-esque character on Girl Meets World to Corey and Topanga's daughter's Corey-esque character, if you will. So that was how I knew who Sabrina Carpenter was. And so I was interested. I was like, what kind of drama is Sabrina Carpenter in? Because the show had ended at that point, I feel like. So I don't know. I just, I guess I was just interested, right? So I'm, uh, I, I remember at this time too, I had gotten TikTok. I wasn't using it much, but I used it just slightly. I wasn't really that deep into it yet. Obviously, last year, 2020, we were <laughs> very deep into this pandemic, and my mind really was not processing too much beyond despair. And so, you know, I downloaded TikTok, I watched TikToks here and then, but I didn't really pay attention. One thing that did stick out to me, though, was that there was uh constantly people talking about this song and I was like what is this why are you and and I recognize Olivia's name from people mentioning it and eventually I uh did listen to the song I don't think it had a video yet though I did listen to the song I'll be honest I didn't really like the song um <laughs> and I don't mean that in a bad way it had nothing to do with Olivia I just felt like it really wasn't my vibe but it didn't really matter if I like the song or not <laughs> uh, because it was everywhere it started to pick up momentum at the craziest speed I remember I had pretty much given TikTok a break for a while and when I came back there was uh, like a TikTok ad that played that had that song in it and I was just like what happened I just remember constantly seeing her trend on Twitter um where else did I see Olivia as someone who still roams the tumblr streets I remember seeing a few people talk about it there not a lot because I don't really follow too many people that are younger than me I guess significantly so it was kind of just like okay and then it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and then it was at a point where celebrities were also referencing the song celebrities that were my age celebrities that were older and I was like, all right. 
I guess my biggest thing with Olivia at the time was you have to understand that we tend to have these moments, right, where we, it's, it's almost like every every five or so years or every few years we get a new pop girl who kind of is giving the same thing when she first gets here, right? And you're like, well, which pop girls? I will tell you. <laughs> so I remember, and, and, and what happens is, is that they pop up out of nowhere. Their song, they have their debut song or the song that makes them popular. It's very low key at first. And then it just has like this crazy growth over the span of like a couple of months. And then it's everywhere. You can't go anywhere without hearing it. You can't go anywhere without hearing people talk about the, the, um, the artist in question usually it's a woman and um yeah and then suddenly she either blows up with you know in terms of everyone wanting to see her she usually comes out with another single and it's not the second single that determines if you'll be here for a while it's usually the third I feel like so um great examples of this happening Dua Lipa this happened to Dua Lipa. I don't know if anyone remembers when New Rules came out, but when it came out, everyone was like, who is this? What is she doing? <laughs> How, where does she come from? Where did this song come from? Right? I remember it happened to Lord. Uh, I remember it happened with Billie Eilish. I remember it happened with... Um, this is way back when. You have to be very you don't have to literally be my age or a little bit younger to remember when marina uh I, I think she's good by marina now but she was marina and the diamonds when she first came out it happened with her it happened with melanie martinez it happened with Haley kyoko these female artists that pop up out of nowhere have this song that has this crazy impact on a social media platform usually and then it just goes from there and like I said, to me, it's usually the third single that will determine what it'll do, you know, as far as like throwing something at the wall and letting it stick. Will they be here for a while or will they just be someone that we put in the back of our minds? And they're still making music, but they're not at the forefront like they were um, initially with their debut or the song that popular popularized them. And so to me, Olivia is in this category because this song just flat out just came out of nowhere right but the reality is it didn't come out of nowhere <laughs> for me it came out of nowhere for a lot of people it didn't know so um it seems that according to um I'm, I'm looking at her bio and um uh, pulling some quotes and things like that so it says that she wrote a song um called all i want for the high school musical the musical the series that's just never not gonna be a mouthful anyways she wrote this for the soundtrack and it got certified gold by um riaa or the recording industry association of america if you are not aware of what riaa is um so that's actually really good i mean for something that she wrote when i mean for writing the song when you're like 16 or 17 
and you it 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 literally being certified gold is pretty it's pretty amazing that's a pretty big accomplishment um especially since it's self-written so um so I believe after driver's license or maybe before it doesn't actually say here she was signed to Geffen uh records which is um, a part of Interscope Records so she could release her debut EP this year um she says of the origins of driver's license when i came up with driver's license i was going through a heartbreak that was so confusing to me so multi so multifaceted putting all those feelings into a song made everything seem so much simpler and clearer and at the end of the day i think that's the whole purpose of songwriting there's nothing like sitting at the piano in my bedroom and writing a really sad song it's truly my favorite thing in the world and so um I believe what started this whole driver's license phenomena is the fact that it's what is called bedroom pop, which is like this low, it's, it's, it's lo-fi pop. Um, so it's just very chill. It's very stripped. Um, and it says here that when she teased the song for a while in 2020 including lyrics and stuff on instagram she posted a snippet and captioned it wrote this the other day very very close to my heart gonna call it driver's license i think lol and she plays the song on the piano i just think that's really cool like i don't know obviously i still have my own feelings about the song that may change i am going to actually listen to the album uh between me saying this and uh actually recording this so there are gonna be like I'm pausing as I'm going to like do everything but just to keep it very transparent with you but I am gonna listen to the album for the first time and I'm actually going to re-listen to driver's license and see how I feel about it um I have friends who are obviously my age that are like oh my god I love driver's license so I mean I love driver's license so much I love Olivia so much her album is so good and I don't doubt that I fully believe she has a good album. Um, but I do want to talk about TikTok, right? And just social media platforming with music, right? Because like I mentioned, other pop girls have kind of broken onto the scene in a similar way. But I feel like with TikTok, it has, um, I guess, it, it, it makes the process a bit quicker. Um, because like I said, for me, I remember the days where if a song went viral on Tumblr, when a song is viral, when <laughs> goes, when a song went viral on Tumblr, uh, many years ago, I'm kidding, <laughs> but some years ago when Tumblr was very much at its peak. So that was probably mid 2010s, early 2010s, a song would go viral on Tumblr. You would just constantly see it you constantly see memes of it you would constantly see uh shit posting of it you would constantly see people just talking about it and being like oh my god this song is i can't stop listening to it da, 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 da. um before tumblr used to take down um music if you put up actual song tracks and stuff um you would see it constantly circulated that way and it's like after you see something reblogged like three or four times a day, several days a week, you can't help but go 
and listen to it as well. And I think that is kind of the beauty of social media and kind of the sense of of growing organically on social media, right? In my opinion. I can't say if Olivia is organically grown on social media. I don't want to make that assumption that she's not. I want to say that she is um, just based off of, you know, literally just saying, oh, I'm going to post the snippet for the song that I wrote one day in my bedroom because I, you know, whatever, I'm going to call it this. I think it's, I think what we are seeing is the progression of social media marketing and um, and when I say social media marketing, I don't even mean marketing with a team. I just mean social media itself will market something for you if they like it enough. If something is interesting enough, if it's catchy enough, if it's um, relatable enough, social media will do most of the work for you. Um, that was something I learned in a, uh, <laughs> in a public relations class, actually, when I was in college. Um, which I want to preface and say that I went to college for journalism and history with a, um, focus on music journalism. So, um, seeing the way trends and stuff happen and how they go up and down, seeing how people market and, 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 and put things out into the world is fascinating to see someone go from just posting something on Instagram to becoming a worldwide sensation, especially during a global pandemic, is fascinating. It's something that should be studied a little bit more thoroughly. And if it's not already, I just want to say. <laughs> so I do think that is really cool to see. Okay, so I listened to the album Sour in its entirety. Uh no stops all the way through um with lyrics open and uh <laughs> I wrote a lot of notes and I hope they are coherent enough I obviously am not going to break down every single song I'm really not necessarily even looking at technique and um how do I explain like I, I want to be very clear that I am I'm not a musician I'm not a songwriter I'm someone who consumes popular culture and looks at the impact of it and very analytical of it I'm very observant of it it's just kind of something I've always done so before we even get too far that is where I'm at I'm just going to be explaining how it uh how I felt about it and how it related to stuff that I had already heard before or stuff that I already seen before and how it all kind of comes together in this grand scheme of uh, pop culture, if you will. So one of the things I noted was that <laughs> I even said it, uh, I wrote it in my notes. It said, I said, it's giving all of her four mothers, the Lords, the Haley Kiyoko, Sky Fiera, Haim, Marina, uh, Nina Nesbitt for my UK folks, uh, the Pretty Reckless or uh, Taylor Momsen for those of you who do not know who Taylor Momsen is or her band, the Pretty Reckless. Um, and even dare I say like 2012, Birdie, like the Halseys, all of that. That's that's what it's giving. Um, 
and I all of this is to say that when we look at pop music right one thing I've always said um and this this just is an overarching thing pop music is very very empty and hollow without female reflection female reflection music is a necessity it's a staple um especially teenage young adult female reflection um one of the things that draws us into this type of sound this type of music because let me be very clear it's not just one sound it's the context itself that draws us in it could it could sound however it wants like it's just like how I'm how I mentioned like the pretty reckless and like birdie those sound completely different they sound those two sounds could not be further apart but you know we like it we relate to it as young women as older women as or uh <laughs> just you know middle I don't want to say middle age but just like adults older than like your 20s like you relate to it because it also is familiar to you too um so what I what I kind of see it as is like the songs kind of feel like this string of like consciousness and those thoughts are so familiar for a lot of us because all of us were teenage girls at one point all of us were young female adults at one point and um or we at least identified that way and so <laughs> I had noticed this influx of millennial women raving about Olivia and her album I had a friend who was asking me if I had been listening to Olivia Rodrigo if I listened to her album um a lot of my friends are very um just aware that I the way that I participate in music is I'm I get very uh involved in making sure that I hear you know I hear the album for what it is and I'm always gonna kind of give an honest opinion if I like something I like it if I dislike something I dislike it but I tend to remain neutral and I'm always willing to uh, I guess like say okay I can be neutral about this artist or this song or this album or whatever because everyone has room to grow especially um creatives right I, I don't think that is fair to not allow a creative to mess up or to have a bad album and with that being said that's not what I'm saying about Olivia's album I'm just saying that is typically how I view music and musicians and pop artists and pop acts so a lot of my friends will ask my opinion on things which is kind of if you want to be honest this is this that's that's like the spearhead for how this podcast even came to be is um I would put a lot of my music uh I uh, I guess my opinions and that's what this is let's be clear this is my this is my opinion um I would put them on the internet and either people would enjoy them or they wouldn't enjoy them and I had previously to my to the current Twitter account I had I had another Twitter account um for years and I made it when I was uh probably 17 or 18 and I had it until I was about 22 or 23 um I think it was 22 um and I, that's all I did talk about music talk about pop pop artists and then I did the same thing when I remade and my other account which was a lot at the time it was a lot bigger 
and because um, <laughs> I was immersed in a fandom and that fandom kind of it was it was it was it was a thing anyways this is not important so my point is uh, I decided to give Olivia's album a listen it took me a minute because I was kind of wrapped up in um, I, I fell down the rabbit hole of K-pop and that is a whole different episode that I'm going to do talking about getting into K-pop <laughs> um, late in the game and the group that I got into and how it happened and um, we're going to get into that in a whole different episode but right now with Olivia um, I, I, I sat down I made sure I had the time to sit down I made sure that I could actually properly listen and really understand what was going on Right, so my friend kept asking me why I had not listened to the album and or had kept asking me to listen to the album, asked me how to listen to the album and she I remember she even was like when I told her I had to listen to it and before I even told her how I felt about it, she was like, Oh god, I love this album so much. I hope that you like it. I'm gonna be really sad if you didn't like it and I'm like and my response you know, I don't know how to respond to that is like I mean I, you know I'm either going to like it or I'm going to dislike it, but I'm not going to write her off. You know what I'm saying? I think that is something that a lot of us need to consider when it comes to um, pop acts and musicians and stuff. Every every project is not going to be perfect. And so um, especially, you know, first albums are tricky you know what I'm saying? Like, they're very tricky. And not only can they be tricky, but they can definitely make your second and third albums even trickier. So, with that being said, um, I do want to uh, just... My idea of Olivia, as I was listening to this album, was, okay, from, from all the articles and stuff, I had seen a lot of the... Um, trending topics surrounding Olivia um, and her album and her music and just her overall uh, songwriting abilities. I kept seeing that she was compared to Taylor Swift and I was like I guess I can get that and I think that here's I think we should be careful about comparing newer artists younger artists to established artists because it can easily make or break how people see them. Just because you're comparing her to somebody who you think is the upper echelon of songwriting and female pop music does not mean that everybody is going to think that. And I enjoy Taylor Swift's music. But I will be honest and say that kind of turned me off because I was like, what? Like, it's just not fair. With that being said, even though I just said <laughs> not to compare, when I did listen, it was giving me, if you're going to compare her to somebody, it was giving me Haley Williams or Avril Lavigne's or Michelle Branch or Fifi Dobson. Because, you know, when I was a teenager and even before I was a teenager, these are some of the female artists who did the exact same thing that Olivia Rodrigo did on her album. Um... I will say that most most of it was done far more vaguely and in a more stylistic way and very cutesy way of saying, you know, F you. But 
the feeling behind everything was the same. I've I've said this before, and I probably haven't said I I definitely haven't said it on this podcast, but um, and I probably will continue to say it though, is that in my opinion, young women, especially just in general, but in music or in life, as the generational line continues down we see that a lot more young women are a lot more blunt, a lot more honest, a lot more brutal in their delivery. Um, They're saying exactly what is on their minds without being scared of the backlash um, that it could cause. And because you have to, like, when you think about just back in the day, and when I say back in the day, God help me, I literally mean the mid early mid 2000s when some of these female acts were out a lot of them did not get to make it further than that moment you know what I'm saying because of the content they were creating and it was almost like the more honest and blunt a lot of these women were in music the more they were shut out and a lot of a lot of women who were in music who especially young women especially who were very vague in some of the tones and even if the you know I mean, in in the context they were vague in the context the women who could easily masquerade it behind a smile or a cute dress or just being very polite and stuff in interviews and 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 things like that easily manage to hold careers long enough for them to be adult women now saying what they say and that includes Taylor Swift. That includes Haley Williams. Not to say Haley Williams is 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 you know she was very polite and stuff, or not polite, but it doesn't mean that she was like a pushover. But what I mean was is that people saw her as this cute petite emo punk pop girl, you know, and that's just what it was. Like this girl from this small southern town in Tennessee noting I'm from Tennessee I'm from Nashville so I know the way that is framed and I know how easy it is to frame um even feisty young women um in a way that presents them in a very digestible way for um if we're being honest it makes them digestible to the patriarchy or digestible to um allow misogyny to happen um additionally one of the more interesting things i take away from sour is that yes it seems like a lot of songs are about the same thing the same instance but being 17 like and being hung over like being hung up over someone um i mean being like being 30 and and being hung up over someone it feels that that overarching feel of obsessiveness that makes you feel like it feels wrong you know what I mean and one of the things that I think happens to a lot of us especially women is um is that when we feel emotions that are painted as negative towards us we just like we are so ashamed of it and we kind of push it down and we don't tell anybody about it you're not telling too many people that you're kind of obsessed with the guy and not only are you obsessed with him you're obsessed that he did this wrong thing to you you may tell your like inner circle but it's not going further than that and if you tell someone else 
outside of that circle, they're going to say something insane to you. They're going to say something that is really like it's going to put you down and you're going to feel even more shame and embarrassment about it. So it's just like because these are these are thoughts that just when you're 17 and you're hung up over a guy who fed you lines about the future and how great you two were and whatever the case those are things that won't leave you especially if it feels like they did something like especially if it feels like that person did something traitorous to you right additionally one of the more interesting things that I take away from sour is that yes it seems a lot of the songs are about the same thing about this same occurrence or instance in Olivia's life um but the thing is being 17 and being hung up over someone like even being over 17 being 25 being 30 being 35 um being hung up over someone it it can feel obsessive um it's, it's a thought that won't leave you for a while and you replay things in your head over and over and over again and um you see it in different ways with lots of what ifs and if I had onlys, if they had onlys, and usually you reach the same conclusion every single time. It's, you know, and I think that is what is happening with the content of this album is there are all these different snares. It's a lot of different emotions framed in different ways. This like this instance that happened to her between this guy and then him getting with somebody else um we're basically seeing her digest every single emotion about the same thing almost over and over again and like i said the conclusion always ends up being the same that you know he's probably not a good person or he's or it's probably good that you're not together anymore and honestly maybe sometimes the conclusion is just screw you you know what I'm saying like that's that's what it feels like the conclusion can be Olivia focusing on herself and it's a lot of self-reflection um and I think that's a really cool concept for an album for someone who is 18 now you know what I'm saying? Like, I, and it's why everyone can relate to it because we've all been there. Um, but one, one thing though about Olivia and the female artists who came before her and did the same thing, this, in my opinion, this will probably be the only album that sounds like this. Um, and the reality of that is, and the reality of that fact is that one, she only gets to be a teenager once, right? And then two, the music and content will have to evolve for her because having a niche in pop music is fine, but there has to be growth or else you will fade into the background. Third, sophomore and junior album slumps are so real, especially in pop music. And it's not always about the content of the album, but it could be just the fact that if millions of people love you, thousands hate you, <laughs> You know, you it's it's you cannot help it. Um, and if two people pull you up a hill with so much effort, 
it doesn't change that only it only takes one person to knock you down it really easily. Um, people will be waiting for her to not give what she gave on this album and her in her future stuff. They're going to be waiting to shit on her. They're going to be waiting for her to make a misstep about her future projects. Um, the way that the internet works is that it only takes one person to sound like they know what they're talking about, even if they don't. Um, they will give an opinion about something and people will run with it. Um, that's why I continuously say, these are my opinions. You don't have to agree with me. We're, this is discussion. This is dialogue. You know, it's not, in my opinion, it's not necessarily discourse. It's just dialogue. I think it's important to talk about pop culture and it's important to have document, documented discussions of popular culture. Because that's the thing, a lot of us who are younger millennials who were born, you know, in that last stretch in the 90s, we remember when music dialogue and pop culture dialogue was literally it it was what twitter is right it is what tiktok is it is what youtube was i mean what it, it was what youtube is i'm sorry and i think it's still important for us to be able to talk about it in a same type of way like in the same in a similar type of way and um so you know the reality here is that you know you don't have to agree with what I'm saying you can disagree and I'm fine with you telling me that you disagree um but the point is is that when it comes to social media merging with that popular culture that we already have it makes it hard to find nuances and things and so you're gonna have a lot of polarized opinions about this girl um, especially as she makes um, a second and a third album. Her second album, she may it may come out and it'll be just fine because she will be able to kind of, if she wants to have similar content to what's on this album, it'll be fine because she's still a young adult. Um, but eventually, people are going to be asking for her to evolve regardless if she wants to or not regardless if we want her to or not regardless of whoever wants her to or not people are going to request it even if they like her content and i feel that this happens so much with young female artists um but i also want to say that it's, it's also not where i'm necessarily trying to go with this my point is that olivia will grow beyond this album because i think she's capable of it and it either will put her, it either will pull in her current audience or lose them when she evolves. Um, it'll either pull in her current audience closer or it'll just simply lose them. And regardless, people will be waiting to see what happens next um, because of this type of success. I know she had an established career with Disney and all that first, but like, quick success like this where people who didn't know who you are suddenly are are always hearing you it, it happens like this every single time like look at Billie Eilish and the success of her early work and once people didn't like 
the current work that she's putting out, which is 2021 now, um, it was easy to find issues with her, even if some of those issues were present before now. Does that make sense? Like, even if there were issues with Billy, the same issues that she's having now, the same issues that people find now in Billy. My personal, I like Billie Eilish. I like her music. Am I like a super fan? No, I'm pretty casual about it because it's just not necessarily my style. And also, when I first heard Billie, I thought her voice was beautiful. And then I heard her speak, and I heard her speak with a black scent, and I was like, uh, okay. As a black woman, shit like that don't really sit well with me. And I just kind of, I, I mark it down as something that this young girl could potentially grow out of and you know I still vied with the music um but considering that now people actually point out these things because of other things that are going on with her or because they just don't like the current stuff that she's putting out I know it's a very big issue or not a big issue it's a very big discourse surrounding Billie Eilish right now and I'm not trying to make light of any of it but it doesn't change that when people don't like something that you're doing, it's easy to continuously find issues in you because there is no, the, the rose colored glasses are off essentially, right? So that's why it's important. I will continue to say it until I am not doing this anymore. Nuance is important in fandom. It is important in popular culture. It is important in popular music. Some things are simply polarizing, but a lot of things, even if they're polarizing, they still have their own nuances that have to be discussed in them. So regardless, one thing I did and do still thoroughly enjoy about Sour is that while there can be a brief moment during a listen where I'm like, uh, this is another slow song about the same thing or whatever. And the end result is a sentiment that is different from the last song. And I'm like, yeah, I do feel that way. Um, like hearing Deja Vu and I'm like, damn, you are doing all the same things with them that you did with me. Like that's like okay cool neat good for you and speaking of good for you it's like oh you're fine after this must be nice can't relate I'm struggling and breaking down it's nice that you got over this so quickly with somebody else or happier and it's like yeah I am being the bigger person hope you're well but you know not that well so I've mentioned the sentiment of jealousy in songwriting before. It'll probably be in um, an episode that comes out way later because I've filmed some episodes before this one, even though this is my first one. But anyways, um, I've mentioned it before about jealousy and songwriting and how a lot of artists shy away from the topic. But the ones who don't, the emotions that ring from those songs it's almost like they become timeless, right? Songs you can listen to for that moment, just like in that moment of spite and unrest during a jealousy, you know, moment. I don't know how else to describe it. Like, great example, Jolene by Dolly Parton. Who doesn't love Jolene? We all love Jolene. Even if you're not a country music fan, you love the song Jolene because it's fun, it's catchy, but it... When you listen to those lyrics, you're like, damn, Jolene, like, really? Like, wh 
what did Dolly do to you? Like, what's the problem? Like, and it's, it is timeless. It's one of those songs that will just never go away. And I'm happy they, I'm happy it won't go away. Or Jealous Guy by Donny Hathaway. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Don't get me started. It's a beautiful song. It's sung so beautifully. Sometimes I'll just listen to it and I'm like, I, I just, I feel every single emotion that he was singing. Like, I, that or that he was feeling while he was singing. I feel like he just poured his heart out into that song. And and even to, to, to bring you up to speed with something a little bit more current, To Be So Lonely by Harry Styles, okay? You want, to talk about, you want to talk about a jealousy song? You want to talk about a modern jealousy song? You want to talk about a song that is hard to forget after you hear it? That's one. And now we have Olivia Rodrigo. Olivia Rodrigo singing about jealousy um, in the form of <laughs> or from the view of teenage girlhood or just teenage hood you know it, it doesn't have to be from the view of girlhood I, I understand that a lot of us go through this my 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 girls my queers my babies my babies I love you we all go through it <laughs> I know okay but we do have to we do have to like have to also say that being that it is on a large scale of girlhood it also pours out into different facets like you know queer girls or you know my my mbs who you know they just feel what they feel okay um it doesn't have to be so particular but um i just i love songs about jealousy i wish more artists would sing about being jealous because it's such a shameful emotion and we don't always get to bask in it because people will call you a hater people will you know shit on you for for being jealous it's very normal to be jealous it's very normal to be jealous of 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 just because jealousy can form from from being disrespected it can form from someone uh you know ghosting you it can form from a lot of different places it's not just an emotion that is about hating someone what a lot of people think is jealousy is actually envy um so people who are like oh you're a hater because you're jealous <laughs> it's like no you're thinking about envy um you're thinking about someone being envious when we're talking about jealousy, we are talking about something completely different. And it is a very natural reaction to have it because we're all just human. You're never going to have a time in your life where you're never jealous of something or someone. It happens. And even if you can brush it away really quickly, good for you. But some people wallow in it. And spending time in that state is important to understand what it feels like when you're not in that state like it helps to it helps the process of getting past it um and 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 while I do know that there are a couple of outlier songs on this album that are not about her situation with that boy from that show and that girl from that other show I know particularly the last song which was very beautifully written and it made me feel a type of way um I, I don't I'm not gonna go too deep into those songs because they feel a bit more self-explanatory I think that everything that needed to be said about the songs um were said very 
very um, blatantly and they were very beautifully written and kudos to her for writing such songs. Um, especially at 17, I I keep thinking about myself at 17 and 18. I'm like, God, I was stupid. <laughs> I was so ridiculous. At 17 and 18, I really don't know. I, I'm always amazed at... Um, young adults and and teenagers who navigate the world the way that they do now <sighs> i i am in awe of you as um a woman who is about to turn 30. um anyways so for olivia rodrigo sour i'm giving four britneys out of five um because even dwelling on a consistent topic not a theme but a topic um, she still manages to convey many different emotions um, within each song. It's definitely an album that if I were still a teenager, I'd, I'd want to lay in bed and listen to it all day or try to pick one song to perform at a talent show. Um, additionally to that, Olivia has a lot of room to grow. And while, yes, she does remind me of a lot of female artists um, before her, because it's important to not say that what she's doing is revolutionary because it's not. But it is important to let her become her own artist. And I think it does her little justice to only compare her to Taylor Swift because I get very little Taylor vibes from this album. Because I went to a predominantly white school in uh, Nashville, the Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift hit us hard, okay? Um, especially her first album. And I and Taylor is probably a year or so older than me. So when I was probably about 16, I remember Taylor's first album. I remember everyone being obsessed with it. And it was very honest. And it was a lot of fun. And um, it did have a lot of these same teenage girl elements. But I don't, I just don't think beyond that, that is as comparable. I feel like as far as the songwriting goes, because that's the point that everyone keeps trying to make is that they have the similar songwriting styles. I think Olivia, Olivia's songwriting probably sounds a little bit more similar to Taylor's writing style now as a woman in her 30s, which is pretty damn impressive. But as far as the content goes, I just think it gives very much a lot of the other artists that I named um, because we Every few years, we get one. We get one, right? We get a new female young artist who comes out of literally nowhere, who puts out a song that everyone loves, puts out a follow out follow up song that everyone loves, and she either continues to go high or she stays kind of at this place where her fans enjoy her and she's not as big as she was in that first moment. Good example of someone who did go super big. Dua Lipa, um, someone who kind of had their moment, Haley Kiyoko. However you want to look at why these two women had those had the moments that they had and the follow-ups that they had, those are completely different conversations. However, I just think that it just does little justice to compare Olivia so early in her career to one particular artist that in, in hopes of bringing that artist's fan base and I know she likes Taylor this is not a diss to Taylor I've already said I enjoy Taylor's uh Taylor's music a lot so I'm just saying as someone who you know has listened 
to Taylor for years. Um, and and just, you know, let Olivia be her own person. That's that's all. We can compare her, but it doesn't need to be the cornerstone of how we describe her to other people. Um, I also will say I did watch some of her live performances uh, from Saturday Night Live and the Brits. She sounds fantastic. I didn't doubt that she would since she's on a show about singing. Um, I also watched her music videos. I love just that super Gen Z pastel uh, lens aesthetic, I guess, <laughs> that she that she has um, for a lot of her music videos. It's very fun. It's very funky. Um, it, it's very playful, too. And I think um, it allows her to, again, continue to grow. And I'm sure eventually she will, you know, do something different. But until then, you know, applauses for Miss Rodrigo. Um, but in closing, I will say um, girlhood, teenage girlhood, womanhood, we're all trying to navigate our own mazes. And sometimes those mazes are similar and sometimes they are dramatically different. Um, however, a lot of the same themes and routines happen to most of us as we listen to guidance or ignore it from the women who came before us. And those themes will always thrive in popular music because at the end of the day, the driving force behind radio hits, billboard charts, and views on social media platforms is largely in part due to young women and queer kids. Um, and that's just how I feel. So uh, I'm Blair W. Cohen. I love you so much if no one has told you today. And I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.